Welcome to Car Selling Secrets. What do you think of that? Sponsored by Walzer Automotive Group with Andy Bernard. And me and, and Tom. That's it. And me and Tom. That's all you need to know. Two phone-in guests that we'll get to right after this very important message from our sponsor. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state, so we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com for car selling secrets and other things. So here's the big secret. Despite the fact that the world's coming to an end, uh, our recruiting director called me on Monday and says, hey, we're opening up the floodgates. We need to hire about 80 people in the Twin Cities. So uh, the, the, all different kinds of positions from automotive techs, uh, staff accountants. Uh, we're looking for salespeople, some part-time positions. You can go to walzer.com, hit careers, and get a listing of all the openings. And you can always email me directly at doug at walzer.com, and I'll, I'll point you in exactly the wrong direction and have fun. But no, I'm kidding. Well, perfect. Well, it's a good sign, though, right? Yeah, well, no, I agree. Absolutely, it's a really good business. Sign. Was really terrible. I think the third week of March was the worst for us, and it's it's come back substantially. The Walzer to use stuff has really helped, uh, where people can shop online and, and buy from their house, and the service side of it too, where we're picking up customers' cars at their houses or at, or at their office and servicing them, dropping back off. People really dig that, and I think that's something that, that's gonna we're gonna continue doing long after the crisis has passed. So. Go to walzer.com for more information. Walzer, I'm going to go all the way There it is. There, yeah, I was going to get it in there. Boom, 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 boom. We are joined today. Our first guest is, hopefully I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Bogey Latiner. Is that correct? Very good. Well, we had a lot of debates here. It's like, how does this work? And it's a very interesting background. She hosts a show on Velocity Channel called The All Girls Garage. I read your bio, uh, and I've been in the car business since the early 80s. Uh, I, I worked as a service writer briefly in part of my training, but I've, I've been a salesperson, uh, GSM, general manager, corporate director. I've had all different kinds of roles. And uh, you started out in the car business. How did you get to interested in becoming a, a factory certified tech? <laughs> um, you know, it wasn't necessarily something I originally thought I was setting out to do. Um, <laughs> my my life has taken kind of an interesting path. I when I was young, I I did what kids were supposed to do where I was growing up. What my you know it was expected that we go to college. It was wasn't a question of if you were going to go to college. It was which college you were going to go to and. Um, I was on track to be a lawyer, actually, is what I thought I wanted to do. And um, and then I realized I really didn't want to do that. And <laughs> so, so you switched from the law to the car business because it's more reputable? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the fifth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the You're fifth. leading the witness. Yep. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. I had gotten into cars when I was a teenager, um, not because I really thought I was going to make a career out of it, but because I was getting my first car, right? The 16, 17-year-old starting to drive, getting my first car. And I was in love with Volkswagen Bugs, and they were a piece of junk. And um, <laughs> I had to learn how to work on it so that I could drive it. And and I was I, I felt like the only time I saw women involved with cars was when they were modeling in front of them, and I took that as a challenge. So I'd kind of gotten into cars back in high school, and took auto shop in high school and rebuilt my bug, and it was this thing that really got me excited. But then I went off to college and did what I was supposed to do, right? And when I got to the end of my college four-year career, I was like, I miss working with my hands, and I think I actually want to do something with cars full-time. 
And so I, I kind of shocked my whole family and friends and community and drove cross-country from New Jersey to Arizona and enrolled in automotive school. Wow, that's quite a story. And, and as you know, and, and I know, there are so few women in the service side of our industry. Um, yeah. We actively uh, recruit. And, and as you know, in the, from the dealership front, technician recruiting is really, really difficult now, and it's only getting worse. Uh, even though they are, the jobs are so different now than they were even 15 or 20 years ago because it's, it's, it's high-tech rather than muscle work for the most part. It is, but the stereotype stays, right? Like, the stereotype is still out there, and parents don't necessarily want their kids pursuing a career in, in automotive, yet there's so much opportunity for it. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, I am that dad. I've got two stepsons, a son and a daughter, and I've taught them all how to do basic auto maintenance, like change oil. And my daughter was not happy at first until she actually did it, and she goes, that didn't suck as bad as I thought it would. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually kind of fun. Well, I don't know if they – only one of them thinks it's fun, which is cool, but the other three tolerate it. And, I'm, you know, the typical dad, hey, now that you're visiting, let's go check your oil. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's important for everybody to know the basics about their cars, and sadly, we don't teach this stuff in in driver's ed. And more and more high schools aren't teaching trade types of topics in general. They're not doing automotive. They're not doing woodworking. They're not doing any of that stuff in in a lot of high schools anymore. And it's a shame because there's not all kids are going to be into it, right? Like you see with your children, but. Some are, and if they're not exposed to it, and if they don't see it as an option or an opportunity for them, they're they're never going to explore it or have that opportunity. And now we wind up with this trade deficit that we've got, where shops all over the country are hungry for technicians. Technicians can get a job anywhere in the world that they want to go, and they've got a skill that can't be outsourced, and they you know can't be taken away from them. And there's a lot of incredible opportunity for them, and yet the world doesn't seem to see or realize how much opportunity there is in the trades and we're doing our kids a disservice i think oh no in school i didn't take i didn't take you know woodworking i didn't take home ec i didn't take metal shop none of that was offered i didn't the only trades that i ever learned was when things started to break in my house and i had to learn how to fix it or else pay a thousand dollars you know and i was like okay now i'll learn but before that i was never really encouraged to learn how to do any of that stuff and until i was 25 years old my idea of car maintenance was shaking out the floor mats okay but right. well, wait well, <laughs> i've got a question for you because our we're a fairly large family owned auto group we've got 25 franchises in two states very active uh chief human resources officer recruiting directors and stuff like that and we're trying you know 10 years ago we got into the whole work-life balance thing which us old car dogs thought was stupid it turned out to be brilliant mm -hmm. But the hardest thing is recruiting women to service, and you seem to have figured out how to do it. So what's your secret? Oh, my goodness. You know, I think the secret to recruiting women is really the same secret as the secret to recruiting anybody. When we, when we elevate our industry, when we improve the reputation, when we become a place that mm -hmm. is a place that people want to work at, um, it's professional, it's reputable, it's clean, it's respected, it's well-lit, there's perks, there's benefits, it's a place that people want to be. Um, then we create the opportunity for, for, for women as well to be comfortable there. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, what is it that female technicians or female employees want? What are they looking for in a job? I think we're looking for the same things that anybody, anybody else is. We just maybe are sometimes a little more vocal about it. But we, we want an opportunity to grow. We want to be respected. We want um, to be able to learn. We want to be safe. And if you can provide a space like that, then that's, like the, that's the number one, right? Then word gets out that you're a place that is safe to hire mm -hmm. um, or to go for employment. And then we've got to recognize that, you know, women in the automotive industry is a relatively new thing. So you're not going to find, if you're only looking for technicians with 20 years of experience, you're not going to find a heck of a lot of women. No, we're, we're starting at the high school level, and we fund programs yeah. at our technical college. And we're, we're you know, I, I love my company, so this is really a biased opinion, but we're incredibly progressive. We went to a one-price selling model 20 years ago. Um, you know, and our facilities, other than one, I think the oldest one is maybe eight or nine years old, all the shops are air conditioned, and this is Minnesota. I mean, it, it's awesome. they're beautiful places, and uh, you know, there are, 
it's owned by two brothers, but there are women in, uh, in, in the C-suites at the top of the company as well. So it's... Uh, yeah. But it's still hard. I think you're I mean, doing the right... It sounds like you're doing the right thing. It is hard. It, there's no easy button, right? There isn't... The reality is women only make up 2.5% of all automotive technicians. So there isn't, like, a magic button you can press and all of a sudden have a bunch of female applicants. But you're doing the right thing. I think a lot of a lot of shops and dealerships, they only want experienced folks. And, you know, you we have to open our doors to newbies coming in. And you're doing that. So that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, seek... Seek them out. Create opportunities. Um, I think the biggest thing is getting word out that you are a shop that is willing to hire women and willing to hire apprentices. Um, there's a, a number of, of groups of women automotive groups out there, social media groups, uh, real world, you know, off, offline groups. Um, reach out to them and connect with them and let it be known that you're a supporter of women in the trades and that you're open to hiring women. Okay. I might reach out to you for some of those contacts if you're okay when we get done. Yeah, absolutely. Or I'll connect you with the people that do the actual work rather than me who just talks about doing the actual work. (laughs) You know, we do tuition reimbursements and tool uh, programs and all that sort of stuff, and it does help. There's A friend of mine did something really dirty that I tried to get us to do, but they're like, yeah, it's, it's effective, but it won't work. So the deal is you get with your Snap-on driver or Matco or whoever you use, <laughs> and you have a contest, uh, and the winner gets you know $5,000 worth of tools. Hmm. Okay. So to enter the contest, the guy goes on or gal goes on his or her route and has people fill out cards with who they are, where they work, their contact information, and their level of training. Oh, that's huh. sneaky. It is sneaky, <laughs> which is why we didn't do it, but I thought, yeah, it's, that's pretty creative, though. Yeah, there's there's a lot of kind of borderline what's moral and ethical. That's right. <laughs> well, and we have company standards, and the first one is do the right thing. So it's like, you know, I never got into this whole mission statement thing, but the the standards are are a little bit more, uh, make a little bit more sense to me. It's like, yeah, that isn't really the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it, it is true that the good techs are working already, right? So if you if you want to find a good tech, you've got to, you've got to sometimes think outside of the box. But I think that really the way to answer all of our problems is to be more open to apprenticeship programs and bringing in interns and um, and really raising up the next generation and creating a work environment where they, they want to stay with you, where it doesn't feel like, you know, the less it feels like work, the better. And, and heaven forbid, automotive repair should be an enjoyable thing, both for our customers and for our technicians. Like, we can actually make this fun and positive and healthy and a place where people want to work and when you when you focus on that and you focus on bringing up the next gen i think there's a lot of positive to be had it's unfortunately not like immediate results right everybody wants immediate results they want to push a magic button and now we don't have a tech shortage anymore and now we have equal diversity of men and women in the industry but it it doesn't work that way we're going to see the effects of our our work 10 15 20 40 years from now you know now, you were a, a, a BMW factory trained tech, right? I was, yeah. We, uh, we purchased uh, a group of luxury dealerships in Wichita, Kansas, and they're all right next to each other. It's really funny, but I, it wasn't until up in Minnesota, we've got all the uh, middle-of-the-road high-volume places like Toyota and Honda and Chrysler and Chevrolet and so on and so forth. But what I learned down there is that the BMW people and the and the Mercedes people basically hate each other. The Mercedes call <laughs> they call BMWs they call them German Chryslers, which I thought was a terrible oh. terrible oh. thing to say. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, you know it's so funny to me when people get really divided amongst brands. It's the same like Ford and Chevy, right? Like mm-hmm. it. But I never understood that in the sports world either. When people are all about a specific team, like if you like the sport, you like the sport. If you like cars, you like cars. I'm not one of those people who is um, religious about any particular make or model or, or brand of vehicle. I I love fixing things. I love working on things, fixing things, figuring things out. I love the puzzle of it. So people are always asking me what my favorite car is. I'm like. The broken ones? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, if you own Volkswagen <laughs> Bugs, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way place yeah. to start. Hey, wait, we've got just a couple of minutes left. Do you want to talk about your uh, TV show? Yeah, absolutely. So we're actually on Motor Trend now. It was Velocity, and then it was um, it became Motor Trend Network. 
And we're on every Saturday morning. It's myself and another certified female. She's a certified mechanic, and she's female. (laughs) Um, Certified female. uh, (laughs) She's certified female, yes. Um, (laughs) She and I both um, are just, we just love working on cars, and we love sharing our knowledge and our passion. And so each Saturday morning, each episode, we tackle some some new project, whether it's a modification or a repair or upgrade, and we we show the audience and show everybody what we're doing as we go along the way and try to keep it entertaining and educational. But it is not it's not drama. There's no like wrench throwing or cursing. We actually <laughs> like each other. Yeah, um, that, that's probably good. <laughs> it is good. It's a lot of fun. We've been doing it for nine years now, and it's just um, it's it's a really a cool thing. It's a lot of fun to do. That's awesome. Now, I, I read in the bio that you did a you did a, or doing or a rebuild on an old Volvo. Is that right? We are currently yes. Yeah, so I have separate from the TV show. I have a shop in Phoenix called Girl Gang Garage, and we do all sorts of stuff to connect and promote and empower women in the trades. So we do these big scale all female builds. As one of the things, and we've done two already. The Volvo is our third one that we're doing. It's a 1961 Volvo PB544, and the whole purpose of now, it that's is the wa- the one that looks like a wagon, the old roundy style. Is that right? It's, yeah, it's kind of funky. It's a little. It looks like a Volkswagen Bug actually in the back, and yeah. then on the front, it looks like an old like 30s Ford. Yeah, coupe. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, they're they're funky. So we will restore it from from. Raw metal all the way up to SEMA show car. Uh, it's actually going to be going to SEMA 2021, so not this year, but next year. And we bring women together from all over the country. So women professionals, hobbyists, uh, women with zero experience. It runs the, the range, and it's all about connecting women in the trades to each other and inviting more women into the trades. Bogey, I can't thank you enough for being on. That 15 minutes just flew by. I've got about 9,000 other questions to ask you. I did look on your bio and, and notice that your real first name is uh, spelled properly with an H. I am married to a Sarah as well. Ah, so. uh, yay. It was great. And, and, and I'll tell you a funny story before we go. So I'm at Dick's Sporting Goods a couple years ago, and I'm buying some a Christmas present for one of the kids. And young woman's at the, uh, the cash register, and she goes, you know, are you a member of the sporting? I said, no, but I think my wife is. I guess, well, what's her name? And I said, Sarah, and my last name's Sprinthal. It's unusual. And she looks at me and goes, Sarah, is that with a C? What? Like Michael I'm, Sarah. I, I just yeah. tried, C-E-R-A. tried not to laugh. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Yes. No, it's uncommonly also spelled with an S. So thank you. uh, Can I throw in one quick (laughs) one before you go, Bogey? Yeah. Um, I go into a doctor's appointment down in Florida. They said, you don't have a reservation or or an appointment. I said, yeah, I do, actually. No, I've checked several times. uh, You do not have an appointment. I said, well... You know, let me sit out here. I'll make a couple calls. I got back to her. I said, yeah, I, they confirmed I do have a reservation or, excuse me, an appointment. She goes, no, actually, you don't. I've checked many times. And she goes, oh, wait a second. There is one for Thomas Bernard. Oh, oh my no. God. Oh, jeez. How do you not know Tom and Thomas are the same person? Member of the sales prevention team. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sales real. prevention right? team, baby. Oh, my God. What a moron. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Bogey. I'm going to reach out to you in the next couple of days and connect you with some of the smart people at our company. I think we might be uh, be some cool synergies there. Boy, do I hate saying that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see what we can come up with. Thanks, (laughs) Bogey. Okay, thanks a lot. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. 
And you are? Real nice. Chuck Nabla. <laughs> Chuck Nabla. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Welcome back to Car Selling Secrets with Wallace or yeah. Automotive Groups. This episode is called Tom Swears you know at the Printer. It is printing forward and backward. Ah, oh, it's, excellent. It's collating. There, I think we're done. All right. Well, Special guest call-in, uh, Esquire Michael Bryant is on the line with us. Mike, are you there? You think so. Can you hear me? Oh, uh, yeah. What? Who is it? Come again. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, you're kind of staticky, but I'm and I'm apologizing. I'm really sorry. It turned out I had to be by phone. No, we got to get this phone fixed. What the hell it's, happened to it? He sounds fine. It's registering fine on the. Yeah, you sound good. So we sound staticky to you. So he can't hear me at all. I can hear like staticky, sort of. I don't know if there was a power surge that fried our phone thing or what. Well, it just worked fine two minutes ago. Well, can, can you call the uh, Skype number? Just somebody texted to me and I'll call it. Okay. Is it this one? Uh, yes. Why don't I just, just tell? give it to okay. you? Okay. Have you got a pen? I don't think you can understand us well enough to get the number. All right. Yeah, just text Okay, it. yeah, just, just text it to me, and I'll call it right back. Okay. okay. Coming your way. I don't know what the hell could have happened to our phone. I don't know, but we got to get that fixed, because that'll be the end of the show if we don't. Yeah. It might be the phone itself, honestly. It's pretty old. Yeah, that show. That we'll just phone get a new old. phone. Yeah. Yeah, we just get a new phone, probably. Mm-hmm. Tell, me, uh, but, tell um, me what you need and what, you know. We don't need anything. We just need him to call. No, I'm talking about to buy a new phone. Oh, a landline? What are they, like 25 cents these days? Yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, no, I'm talking. Oh, you mean getting a new line, too? No, not a new line. The well, line is probably what, fine. Yeah, it, so it could be the, the phone. phone but I think it's the phone. The phone is old. Well, just buy a phone and then tell me how much it costs. Okie doke. Whatever, whatever kind of phone you want. While he's calling in, we do have us. We got a text from a Dan. Who said that Nick DePaula moved from New York to Georgia recently? So apparently he's, he did. Uh, he's restructuring or something. Apparently he's retiring if he yeah. moved to Georgia. Why did he move to Georgia? Maybe he did retire. Georgia, Georgia. Right. He sold a his house up in New York was something else. Yeah, <clears throat> indeed. Alrighty. Uh, waiting on the call. In this world, my baby now. You got your seventeen pages. Print it out? I do. All i got to do now is sign them and drive to YZ after the show. Hmm. Okay, you ready? Waiting on the call. Oh, he's going to call in. That's right. I yes. forgot. I forgot. I Come can start on, signing these then. Miguel Corleone. I mean, it could also just be that his phone is broken. There no, it is. He's fine. No, everybody's phone wouldn't be broken. Well. All right, Michael, hey. you hear me? I hear you. Cool. Is it better? I, yeah, I hear you fine. Oh, well, good. Well, why didn't you say that in the first place, you pain in the butt? <laughs> I just heard you now. Just, hey, I just heard, I heard you now. 
Dougie's here because he's the host. Yeah, so let's talk. He's I don't want to talk cars. We just talked Doug 15 minutes of cars. It Doug's was awesome. The greatest. Oh, Doug. But I think a lot of people have questions <laughs> about the new uh, Minnesota orders. And, and I, I'm trying to get a lot of legal advice by reading memes on Facebook, but there seems to be conflicting opinions. <laughs> so I guess the yeah, first question yeah, is... Get your medical care. What legal authority does the state have to... Uh, enforce these orders? Well, the, the executive orders, uh, every executive order has, it's an order from the, the, the governor, and it has with it a penalty on the end. And the penalty has been a misdemeanor, which is up to a year or up to a $1,000 fine and 90 days in jail. Mm. And then there's other things that can be done based upon licensing and there's other things that can be done based upon if there's a gross misdemeanor involved depending on the charge and and if it's tied because up until now every almost every conviction i believe has been in a connection to something else they haven't actually charged anybody straight up um with a violation other than there there may have been one business at brainerd that i heard about um that got that that got into a fight with police up there um, but for the most part, the police haven't really wanted to charge people. They've been telling them to disperse and go, you know, just, just stop doing whatever they're right. doing in violation. Hmm. But but uh, under the Minnesota Constitution, and, and you hear a lot of the people that are upset about the orders saying that it's, you know, against the U.S. Constitution and so on and so forth. But, but legally, that's not actually the case, is it? No, I mean, it's like the president's orders are coming under a War and Powers Act, and the governor's orders are coming under under executive orders from the from the governor. So th there's a basis for it. And uh, the checks and balances is that the legislature gets to uh, – that's why it's got to be renewed every 30 days, yeah. and the legislature could vote on that. And then beyond that, like what happened in Wisconsin is they could actually bring a challenge to it in the Supreme Court, and that's the check and balances across mm -hmm. the board – between the three branches. So, and I know I'm asking a lot of crystal ball questions, and I apologize for that. I think you know the, the, <laughs> the next big confrontation will be what does the state do when the Lutherans and the Catholics, and I'm sure there'll be other denominations that follow, decide to ignore the 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 new uh, executive order. What do you think is going to happen? Well, well, he's meeting he's meeting with them, and I don't know exactly what that means in today's world as far as meeting with somebody. Um, but he's meeting with them um, to see what can be done about that. And, um, and is that, is that something that's happening the, today or? Uh, I think it's, I think it may be happening today or tomorrow, I believe, but I know it's coming up before the 25th. Um, and they're going to have discussions about that. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting because supposedly, I think Pence came down, Vice President Pence came down with some discussions about churches and the 10-person the thing um, that it, yesterday, I believe, also. So, so nationally, that seems to be not, not way out of line as far as a number goes. Um, we've seen churches already open up and then close down in different places, um, but um, it is... It, supposedly it's going to be a discussion. I think there's going to be three big discussions coming. You're going to have the discussion of the churches. You've got whatever happened with the hospitality uh, group, because my understanding was he was talking to the hospitality group that they they gave him guidance on how long it would take them to get going. And then apparently last night the leader of the hospitality group said they didn't know anything about this outdoor thing, which seems weird to me. So there's going to be that discussion going on. And then, you know, you've got state fairs going to be talked about tomorrow. Um, and I what what and and I completely understand the people freaking out about the state fair. But the I think the biggest concern you got with the state fair is getting commitments right now, because if you're sitting there and you want to get bands set up or if you want to get food set up, oh, it's a huge you gotta start logistic making commitments thing. now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to be able to say, yeah, we think it'll be OK in August. Who knows? But. To make that commitment right now, I I don't know how many vendors are gonna you're gonna say, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy you know whatever it is, eight million cookies, you know, or whatever the heck it is that they buy for their products. Um, and so that's the that's the hardest thing for for people and every one of those business people I feel for because it's not it's it's a horrible horrible position to be in. 
Here's another crystal ball question for you. Do you think that we would be better off with a national uh, uh, policy on how to deal with this whole thing? I mean, it's the classic U.S. Uh, argument that, that's been going on since they wrote the Constitution about states' rights versus the federal yeah. government. But I mean, it, it, it would help. It would help to have meaningful federal uh, uh, guidelines. That would that would be helpful because I mean, we get these you know layout plans and we get these national plans, and for the most part, Minnesota seems to be following those plans. And then, you know, those get attacked. And and so it would be helpful to have some consistency consistency there. But, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, uh, the states are different, areas of the countries are different. And then you look at Minnesota, and there's areas of Minnesota that are different. You know, I mean, for... Uh, um, for some bars or restaurants out in, you know, real rural Minnesota, um, it, you know, 10 people pro- might be close to what they get at a time. And that's not a knock on them, but just they don't have it's tons right. of it's people small, It's there. a small town and, life. Right. So if you look at that, I mean, the, the only impediment for them is the outdoor impediment. And so, you know, it, it, whether or not you look at this microscopically or, or you know, with a telescope, I, who knows? I, I don't know that there's one plan that fits all, but I also wish that there was more, I guess, consistency with the overall plan nationally, because I think that would help in, in, in that part of it. Yeah, I agree, and I, I'm generally a states' rights person, but it just seems like it's such a smorgasbord. Every every state's kind of doing their own thing, and then some people are choosing to ignore state orders, and it just create it's creating kind of a complete mess. Yeah, well, I I just think there's been some national inconsistencies that 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 are just odd. I mean that that plan that came out it wasn't real in in depth, but it was a it was an okay plan. It at least was some direction. Yeah. And it was the guardrails. Follow it. If you follow it, it seems to me you should get praised and you shouldn't be faced with, you know, kind of this, this, you know, uh, liberate Minnesota talk. You know, I, I don't get that. Hey, it and, could be worse. It could and, be Michigan. Um, How'd you like to be hurt? Oh my God. First you get on. all these guys showing yeah. up with the guns and then you have a dam burst and you've yeah, got cities that are under nine I, feet of water. Oh God. I'd be thinking, hmm, I'm going to call Walzer and see if they have any open positions. <laughs> Let's get a real haircut lady. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's the funny thing is, you know, all the talk I see when I, I see that, well, so-and-so won't get elected next year. I, there's some of these people who will be like, why the hell would I want to do this? Again? Oh, I yeah. completely agree. <laughs> got that right. I mean, these you jobs know. pay fairly so. well, but uh, there's a lot of them would make more money in the private sector for sure, unless we have 25% unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the other thing is having a job. I mean, the, the big thing with the jobs is the benefits. You get a lot of benefits that come with them as that's far as health know. insurance and, you know, and and future benefits. But, you know, it's I, I, to be faced with all the different things and, you know, and and and, you know, everything's important to individuals. But, you know, when you're standing there and you're talking about this and then suddenly you get a question about, you know, youth soccer, which is important, but still it's. It the the amount of stuff that they got to be dealing with, I it's just amazing. Yeah. I I I it's a tough deal. It, it is a tough deal. And then you know you've got some states that basically have said, you know, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to stay open and and pray for the best. And uh, I, I I truly hope they're right. I hope Wisconsin's right, but I, I do too. don't know that uh, I don't know that. Um, that that's going to be the case. Mike, you know, I, I got to take we'll a quick break and hang on. And we'll, I've sure. got some follow-up questions to ask you, Counselor. Counselor. Sure. We'll, we'll be right back. Perry Mason. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. 
Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We are back. Last segment of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secret with our special guest and close friend Mike Bryant asking, answering all my legal questions. So here's another one that for you. That sounds like amazing. Hang, hang on a second. That sounds like amazing guitar playing. Who is that? That's me. It, trying to be Robin Trower is what that was. No, uh, Robin Trower is trying to be me. <laughs> Robin Trower trying to be me. I loved Robin Trower in the day. So I sense that there's a new uh, legal industry that will be popping up in the next three to ten months about uh, uh, employees and attorneys suing employers over COVID cases. Do you oh, see that on the horizon? Oh, God. And well, what, what do you uh, think is going to happen? It's going to be it, – it'll depend. I mean, there'll, there'll always be some potential case, and there'll be, there'll be very justified cases out there because you'll have some employees that will treat, treat their employees or employers that treat their employees like garbage, and that's why you need to allow it to, to be there. Um, I think if an employer follows the system, one of the things that you know I, I, all businesses really have to keep in mind is every one of these orders – you know, when they open you up, they require you to have a plan. And if you have a plan, and and we posted it at our office, we got a plan that's up on the wall. You know, that helps a lot. Um, I think em- employers that don't go through that step of getting the plan, um, and employers that mistreat their employees, yeah, you're going to have some issues. Now, we've got in Minnesota, we've got a workers' comp system that that uh, basically works as a workers' comp umbrella. So you don't really have a claim against your employer um, if you're if you're injured. You have the workers' comp claim, but you don't have a personal injury claim. Now, if you get dismissed, there's all sorts of issues going to go on with dismissals and why people got dismissed and those type of things. And you know, I just as long as you follow the rules and do it right, then you'll be okay. Okay, so he, here's the question, though: What of your uh, a bar back at Dick's Bar. I don't know. I'm sure there yep. is a bar named Dick somewhere. There's probably more than one of them. Osseo, baby. And Dick's sure. decides to open uh, to catch that Memorial Weekend buzz in Ooh. violation of the state orders. Mm-hmm. And the bar back comes down with uh, the virus a week later and then dies. What happens then? Boy, mm. that's going to be one of those that... that um, that's going to be um, very, very hard for a um, for a. Uh, I, I I think you'll have a you'll well you'll definitely have a workers' comp case. Um, now, whether or not there'll be some issue, there'll there'll probably be a issue. It, well, there definitely be a issue with the violation. Um, boy, that's just going to be a mess. And then if you get a uh, customer uh, sick or uh, from there, then right? That'd have, be the, that was, well, the that was my next question. Go in actually. there. Yeah, it's it's that's going to be just a giant mess. But in the end, you know, a lot will be what the result is. If someone dies, it's more likely to have litigation. There's more likely to be a case. Um, if they get sick, um, then you know, they, if it, if there's not a lot of symptoms with there, not a lot of results. But boy, that could go in a lot of different ways, and that's the danger. I mean, you look at you look at you know these big groups getting together, and I, I understand. The, the the anger I, I understand the the want to be open but boy you look at some of these groups and you think boy that looks like a lot of people that potentially that are in the group of danger endangered group well and that's you know on a personal level that's the kind of the fear that I have is you know Sarah works at a very large Catholic church and they've got three thousand yep. families they have ten thousand members basically. And as Tom, you were talking about this in the morning, a lot of the, and they're mostly older people, don't go once a week. They go every day. They go every day. And they have an adoration chapel on the side that is, people are there 24 hours. It's They still have that chapel for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Tom Bernard Adoration Chapel. <laughs> only one you just have to change your name there. to Jesus Christ Day. 
But and, and and you know you look at the age of the faithful because yeah. uh, the families are mostly working and they'll go as you know as part of their family structure. But it it's you know the young ones are seventy five. Yeah, and yeah. you just worry about what's going to happen to these people. I'm not. Well, I mean, if they if yep. they choose to you know be there, then they're it's their choice. It's a difference between being compelled to be somewhere and choosing to go somewhere. I think. Well, yeah, in that you make a good point because. It's, you know, if an employer says, show up or you're fired, and then you get it, then that's the employer's fault. But if you volunteer to go somewhere and then you get it, then it's on you. Glad you brought that up. Here's another question, well, Mike. But the, the concern, But the concern comes is if the employer requires the employee to be there and the employee has it and, um, and in coming in and being required by the employer gives it to other people, I mean – that's that's a very interesting question. I mean, people choosing to go is one thing. People choosing to go and not being told that X has it or Y has it, um, even though they know they have it. That's 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 where you get into you know all these issues. You know what exactly are you are you saying? I'm taking the risk on. And then uh, beyond that, you know, there's a group of people out there who don't really believe this is a big deal. And yeah. at the one hand, they want to say, well, yeah, it's, it's everybody's their own risk. But if, if, if that risk involves these people dying, boy, I, I, that's, that's, a, that's, that's not a risk that I think most people are signing up for. You'll get no argument from me. I know that. <laughs> Here's another question, Mike. So currently, sure. if you're on unemployment, you can collect money from the state, <clears throat> but you can also get money from the feds. How long right. does, is that federal money good for? Do you know? Because here's what I've I heard from July. some businesses I with entry-level employees that are furloughed or laid off or stuff. They're making more money on, you know, basically yeah. double-dip uh, unemployment, although yeah. there's nothing illegal yeah. about it. And, and they're not well, wanting to come back to work. Yeah, the, 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 my understanding is that's till the, the end of July, I think. But the interesting conflict that's going to come in is, is on the one hand, um, you've got this, uh, and I understand the economic argument, because if you're making more money than working, you know, who wouldn't do that, except for people who truly say, hey, I want to work. But, but if an employer then opens up and says, you have your job, then theoretically you're not, you're not supposed to get the unemployment. But at the same time, you have these workers' rights orders. If a, if a worker says, I don't want to go back because I don't want to be exposed to this whole group of people like that, they have that right to do that. So so there's some conflicts out there that'll come up. Um, but my understanding is that's going to run out. And when that runs out, it's not it's very unlikely to be renewed. So, you know, if nothing else, it's it's some money that's in the economy. And, and I think it's a group of people that tend to spend the money. So, you know, if nothing else, it's trickle up, I think, is what will happen there. Hmm. What are you looking at me for? What did I'm I out do? of questions. <laughs> yeah, I got one. Mike, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. There is a good question. Uh, you know. No, I, yeah, I think uh, this stuff is all very important. We had David Fema on this morning. He just happened to call in. Mike Jennings, of course, <laughs> a restaurateur forever. He happened to call in. These guys are terrified because they think oh, yeah. we're all going under. They mm -hmm. really do. Well, a lot of them yeah. already have. And a lot of them already have, yeah. exactly. What are you going to do well, with Calhoun Square except for that burger have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't know that a lot of them have. I mean, there's a group of them that have. Yeah. And there's some important ones that have, but but to say a lot of them have or a large percentage of them have, I I don't think that's the case. Um, I I am concerned. I, the two things that concern me is where this thing's going, and then if there will be a backlash. I hope neither one of those things happens. Yeah, I absolutely. I hope they don't. But if either of those things happen, if there's a big backlash in 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 the fall or in the winter, I. I, I don't know. I, 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 I care for my own business. I care for everybody's yeah. business at that point. You know, you're such an attorney, yeah. by the way. You are such an Why attorney. Here's my impression of Michael Bryant. Here's me and then Michael Bryant. Oh, look, it's 10 after 1. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he didn't laugh at that one. <laughs> You big baby. <laughs> well, yeah, I was waiting to hear if there's more to it. No, I, I, just... no, I just... Singling you out as a pain in the ass. There are varied all. interpretations of 10 after 1. And... 
you know, actually, the law in Georgia is a 10 after 1 is actually, although you got, what is it in England, half 11? Yeah. Instead of 11.30, it's half 11? Yeah. So we'll just go with that from now on. No, I I just think. I I just, (coughs) I get concerned about the negative the, the the overall you know there there there's a group of people out there who are negative and are are fighting no matter what it is I mean Call the Bernard they family claim that we won't have no I, I I think you have positives I I'm not but but they'll come out and say you know Wednesday morning I saw these people saying well we're not going to open anything up we won't be open in the barbers we won't be right, open in the beauticians right. and in the end we did um, you know and 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 I do think it's we and I don't. I understand some of the, the arguments, but I also think this is kind of taking care of each other as part of the idea. And there are some good things. And, and you know, I'm glad to see I mean, it's a couple of the restaurants. It's amazing some of the ideas I've heard in the last couple of days about how they're figuring out how to, you know, use space to open up. And those are all good things. And, you know, I've tried to, you know, patronize the places that, that are out there because I know they're hurting. Yep. Um, and, you know, there's a couple places in St. Cloud um, I, you know, won't get into them, but one of the owners I walked in and she was like bawling when I walked in and oh it could have just been me coming oh. in. <laughs> was this uh, last but year? I think, Actually, I start yeah, crying yeah, every time I, I think, see them. <laughs> yeah. I think this is just a, they had a, they have a fear that, that they're going to, how are they going to make it? Yep. And, um, yeah, they do. you know, so, so I've been trying to tip extra and I've been trying to, you know, patronize them yeah. and, you know, and, and, and that because we do want them open and, you know, but but things I how things are going to change with all this I don't know I I don't know you know if if we're going to see some of the things that that we in the past saw but but I'm trying to at least focus on some of the good things that are coming and you know so this doesn't this doesn't completely suck all the time. Plus the fact, by the way, your tips are different than everybody else's. Your tips are like, yeah, don't drink and drive, and then you just leave. <laughs> what do you think? I do want to, as it's called car selling secrets, I do want to share your automotive story. Uh, Mike had a a 2014 Camry that I bought from us a few years ago, back when we had uh, a lifetime powertrain warranty. And we've replaced that by Walzer Care, which actually is more coverage, but it's not forever. It ends at 150,000 miles. So go ahead and take the story from uh, Sock Center. And the reason I want you to share this is because I, I hear from some people, ah, oh, that stuff's all BS, and they don't cover anything, and you have to do all the service work there, and they're just trying to screw you. So go ahead and tell us your tale. Okay. So I was on my way to depositions, and it was it was late at night before, um, before um, this all happened. It was right before this all happened. And um, my car just suddenly stopped on 94, got gas, suddenly stopped on 94. And so I ended up in a... In a uh, uh, getting worked on in a place in Alexandria and they had my car for a while. And what had happened, what was it? The timing chain is that timing chain called, broke, which is very, very rare. That's chain. a lifetime component. So now if you have a timing belt in your car, you should have it replaced depending on the car between 60 or 90,000 miles, but timing chains, I mean, they, they never fail, but you managed to break one and it basically it broke it and it breaks the motor the pistons run into the valves and oh, it just yeah. wipes the whole thing oh. out <clears throat> yep so they put a new engine in it and had the engine and everything's going and got it back i got it back just right before the order went into place so it was one of those <clears throat> last minute things and i drop on my rental car and got that done and then i've been driving the car for about a month and a half i guess about that range and on friday um, suddenly it was running, but it wouldn't go anyplace. And I just got off a of 169, got on Minnetonka, and just sat there. It wouldn't move. So I got towed over to one place um, and called Doug and, and told him what was going on. And then uh, the Toyota people got hold of me on uh, Monday morning, and they went and picked up the car, which was only a, a short distance from them. You can say and who it was. They, Bobby and Steve's a reputable Okay. Yeah, company. Bobby. Bobby and Steve's yeah, buddy. great stuff. And then I, um, they towed the car over on Monday. And what was interesting was I'd been told that it was probably going to take Thursday or Friday to get done. And instead, I got a phone call on Tuesday saying it was all done and I could pick it up. Or I got a text, I guess. Not an actual phone call, but so a text. in six weeks, and, uh, you managed to get a new motor and a new transmission. 
<laughs> right. And uh, the first one had a deductible on it that I think was around $300 or two something. And this one had nothing on it. So when I went and picked it up, I expected to pay some amount again, and it was zero. And then when I went over to Bobby and Steve's, because uh, cause they did the original tow, apparently the tow is part of the whole package, too. So that got taken care of, too. So so I tipped the people, Bobby and Steve's, and it worked out awesome. So you are... You are correct. That that service worked out great, and had a car running again. No, will you do me a favor because it's obviously jinxed. Let's trade that in or give it to one of your kids, and we'll get you into a new car. <laughs> there you go. I know you were you were suggesting that. So, um, well, but you're, yeah, you're probably, closing probably in on two hundred thousand miles. I mean, it's a Toyota, but you know, there's they don't last forever. Yeah, normally I've driven more. The Toyotas I've had, I've generally driven to 300 is where I've driven them uh, generally. But You're the worst customer ever. You are the worst customer ever. That is true. I put put so many miles on it every year, although there'll be a lot less miles on it this year. Yeah, um, no kidding. You know, than than normal. Yeah, it's nice to get the uh, rebate checks from the auto insurance companies. I just got one the other day. It was kind of neat. Well... Yeah, but what just the the one thing to keep in mind with that, and they're good to get. But the the, the idea behind insurance is that they they set the premium based upon what they expect to pay out. Yeah. So they're not supposed to make money on the premium. What they make money on, and what the what it's set up is, they're kind of like banks, but unregulated banks in that they take that money that they get, they invest it. So what's happened because there's less less accidents is they're going to pay less. And so that's why their premium, they're finding that they overcharged on the premium, and that's why the money's coming back. So it's, it's, it's based upon how they're supposed to do things, which is great that they're doing it, but they're supposed to do it that way. And they're allowed to take the money that they get for premiums invested, and that's where they make their money. Yep. And, you know, this market being where it is, they're trying to loosen up money so they can invest it like crazy and make, you know, more money. So, so it's, it, it, it's good, but it's also that's part of the way – insurance is supposed to work anyway mike i got one last question for you then we got to scoot sure um do you think when the state yeah. opens up a little bit more on, G- on june 1st that they're going to lower the speed limits on the interstate from the current 95 miles an hour <laughs> for real yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they they've written so many more tickets at that speed because the the, the they're open well i i think road construction has got to it better be slowing everybody down because uh, there's road construction pretty much everywhere. Yeah, it's a good time um, to get it done. And, you know, that's been been one thing. But, yeah, that that has been an effect is, is less people on the road. And if you had more people, they're taking at much higher higher uh, speeds than normal. Well, that's going to wrap it up for uh, Episode 49 of Walzer Automotive yeah. Group's Car Selling Secrets. I was, I was, I was all set with, with K-Car and, and uh, Ford Ranchero with a 351. Oh, yeah, we'll set. get to that later. We'll just... <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. You dropped the ball. I know. Well, you know, we had two guests on, and I get all freaked out. Oh, you know what? I should mention. Cassie but, rattled uh, me. Uh, Michael, is it okay if we call this uh, Car Selling Secrets with Michael Bryant? Call the episode that? Oh, sure. That's the, perfectly fine. The only reason I'm asking that is the Smithsonian call. It's the longest episode in the history of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll do it for this week. See you next Thursday, everybody. See you later, Michael. Bye.